0: Welcome to this week's episode of Automate It, where I throw out our mains by talking too loudly into the mic after it was way too quiet. I, of course, am your most dashingly good-looking host, Stefan Seltz-Oxmacher, CEO and co-founder here at Polymath Robotics. Sitting across from me is a man who happens to believe in the evolution of Lego figures. I believe in the intelligent design of Lego figures by, by someone in Denmark, but but this gentleman has a, a single flat piece of Lego evolving over multiple steps into a Lego minifig. Sir, how, how did you come to this radical conception of self-organizing? plastic
1: you know this is my favorite shirt it's it's so my favorite shirt that i got i don't know where and it had started to fall apart Uh huh. and my incredible wife tracked down where it's from really and got me a new one that's a great present
0: right that's a great present my incredible wife might have just disappeared it as soon as the holes showed up and i kept on wearing it
1: that happened too but a new one appeared
0: (laughs) For for what it's worth, Ilya is wearing a shirt that has five steps of a Lego minifig, kind of like evolving out of individual pieces of a Lego character. This, of course, is our show, Automate It, our weekly podcast that we haven't done in eight weeks, where we talk about robots, how to build them, how they, how much they hurt our hearts, and, and how fun they can be. So, it's been a minute. Yeah. Not much has happened, huh? Nah, nothing in robotics. We're, we're just chilling all the time. We do this podcast in two segments, um, the first of which we invent a robot out of random cards that we draw, and the second of which uh, we're going to talk about a topic in robotics. And I think right now we're going to talk about what seems to be going on In robotics, and Ilia, what what is that?
1: Chaos and misery.
0: At big companies and small companies, and for some reason, we seem to be doing okay, which is kind of a, a fun, a very, f- weird. very weird. I was talking to one of our investors the other day, and I said, we keep on accusing each other of financial uh, crimes every time the numbers seem to look okay. All right, so so for our game, we each draw a card at random. is going to draw a business card. I'll draw a te- technology card, and this will kind of simulate what it's like to start a robotics company where, where one person really wants to solve a particular business problem. Another person has a particular technology that that they that they want. Ilya what uh, what business card are you uh, you drawing? So I got summer refreshment. <laughs> it's a very real card. And and the, the card I have, oh, looks like insect robots. It's so funny. It might specifically insects or just legged in general? Uh legged, legged robots, but I'm okay. I've been thinking a lot about insect robots. I just uh, I just reread Fahrenheit 451, which prominently features a robot they call the mechanical hound, which is an eight-legged hound, as many hounds are, that hunts people down for reading books and injects them with a needle to kill them? Because that's what hounds and spiders do. It's two hounds sewn together. Yeah, and the fastest way to run across land is, of course, an eight-legged robot. But, you know, if we want cool refreshment... You know what I've heard recently is a very nice way to cool off in the summer? Is if you have, like, a, a freezer that you keep an extra shirt in. <laughs> and-
1: so I was just going to suggest, you know, live in a cooler climate. But I guess this works, too.
0: Yeah, I mean, if, for those of us who don't want to move to Tron time... Or team. however you pronounce that place. It's a combination of Toronto and Jodenheim, apparently. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure the Vikings named it after Toronto. Yeah. If you don't want to live in Trondheim and you want to cool off during the summer, a great way to do that is is keep a, a spare shirt in a mini fridge, pull it out, put it on. Ideally, you do this in a public setting. So the mini fridge is maybe a local restaurant. You, you guys take your shirt off in the restaurant, put it back, put the new one on, and then you're nice, cool, and refreshed.
1: Excellent. So what does this have to do with robots?
0: So I think like that's a that's a service that should be enabled um, okay. because like I tried doing this for a time and in my, my home office I had 15 of these mini fridges okay. and because the heat from the mini fridges like warmed up my room so much that I had to constantly go through all the shirts.
1: You know, I honestly, even having known you for two and a bit years, I don't know if you're being honest about that. <laughs> that does sound like something you might do considering your tech hoarding that you do
0: we also just did an office cleanup because we're having some visitors next week during which I tried to save every computer for projects that I nor anyone will never do
1: yeah exactly at best they'll be space. So,
0: so like if you so if you want these cool shirts delivered
1: like obviously the best way to do it is have like some sort of walking robot so, so I'm trying to say so like Is this for sports stadiums? You know those t-shirt cannons, except they're cooled t-shirt cannons, (laughs) except they're not t-shirt cannons because a cold shirt fired at you at speed will probably bruise you.
0: Instead, I want a thousand pound robot to jump off the field, scurry through the crowd, ideally like hurting people along the way, to bring me a t-shirt that is like a little bit colder than the ambient temperature.
1: Does it have to, like, if we're going to go spider robot, might as well go all in and the spider, like shoots a web at you in the shape of a shirt that's also cold
0: <laughs> well spider-man says everyone only gets one of those like web hammocks i don't know if you remember that from the comics but it is go. a that is a spider-man rule and i want more than one cold shirt okay. so the spider has to bring me a cold shirt okay okay so no forming it in place it's yeah bringing- well i guess like what's the state of spider like robots as we get told we're going way over time <laughs> not
1: great currently really why i mean there's like dog robots yeah so more legs should make the problem easier the the bigger thing from a stability perspective right right so the bigger thing about legged kinematics is that the more you add in the more you can be statically stable Mm -hmm. which means that like any position your legs are in you're mostly stable Mm because you always have three points of contact or more right the trade-off is that that reduces your speed drastically yeah. So that's so. In other the words, if you're hunting spot,
0: down people for reading books, yeah, an eight-legged spider robot is
1: probably is, is actually bad, huh? So the, almost the like actual, Ray Bradbury was a, a crappy roboticist. Surprise, surprise! The sweet spot is four legs, huh. which is why most of the fast animals around us on on land are four-legged instead of yeah. eight-legged.
0: Well, what about like what about the controls problem of like mapping out where these legs are going? Like that's that's not that's not
1: too much more complicated than four legs. It really makes your stability problem actually a lot easier because mm-hmm. you can just be statically stable through your walk or run cycle. Yep. But you end up having to slow everything down just because you're going to have a lot more self collisions. Yeah. Or the chance of self collisions because your legs are just going to get each have, other like, way. A supercomputer. It's not a computation problem. It's a it's a it's a physics and space occupying problem. Like if you have more legs to fill the same space, you just have to wait for the first leg to get out of the way so you can stick the next leg in that space and mm. propel you forward. Like there's a, there's a, a limited amount of space these legs can reach.
0: So you're saying, despite how incredibly great of an idea Frozen t-shirts delivered on demand is, and how that's an idea that will be worth billions of dollars imminently, spider robots might not be
1: the most... Def- like, that's that's the weak point of the idea. I just want to credit our controls engineer, Alex, coming up this idea, just, <laughs> just for posterity so that when he sues us for his billion dollar idea <laughs> being leaked <laughs> in public by Stefan, I want to disclaim any knowledge of this or any... We're a very serious company who never talks about anything stupid... At work. Yeah.
0: So with that being said, stupid things going on at work. We, we, we had a pretty crazy month. We had a, a trade show. We had some business trips. I, I foolishly took some PTO, which you know, should never happen again, obviously. And one of the big parts is we were at CES for a week. Ilya, like, Last year, we saw some amazing booths at CES. Lots of autonomy here, autonomy there. The best company in the world, Tog, had a massive booth with with absolutely nothing to do with what they might may or may not do. What did you notice or, or not notice at CES?
1: So I, I like the summary that somebody said to me that gave me permission to steal, which is this year, nobody has said the word level four autonomy. Yeah, That's just not in anybody's vocabulary. It's on no posters. It's yep. in no presentations. It suddenly has fallen off the face of the earth. That's so weird because, like, last year, the year before, the year before, everyone was claiming that they were going to have
0: level four autonomy yeah. instantly. No, nope. what? Like, but nobody would make a claim like that if it no, wasn't
1: real. Nobody, everybody has removed the hard terms like level four because you can define that term, <laughs> and and now the best I've seen is like autonomous, vaguely, mm. you know. Self-driving vaguely. The, really what we saw at the, at the show was a lot of AI thrown everywhere. Yeah. And it'd be like AI car, AI <laughs> autonomous car, AI self-driving car, but no actual definition of what that meant yeah. or timeline or technology involved or anything.
0: Well, I think what's funny is like, I feel like over the last two years, the word autonomy has stopped meaning anything right. as well. Like, I remember um, maybe a year ago, I was talking with a, a major ag OEM who said, like, uh, you know, what you guys are doing isn't autonomy. When I, wa- when I think of autonomy, I think of an app that you go into and you click a button and a specific behavior happens that Farmer John cares about. And that that is autonomy when that is happening, which, you
1: know. Their own private definition of autonomy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But that's not really, I think, what the public has been trained to expect now yep with especially you know the worst offender of this is tesla's full,
0: full self-driving driving, <laughs> for real this
1: time promise version 12 revision 8 you gotta two. if you pay some other five thousand dollars baby yeah. i
0: promise i promise this i'll give you that I'm sweet serious. autonomy yeah exactly i
1: won't hurt you again i've always loved you don't look at the fine print on page 360 that says only ever use this on highways <laughs> don't look at that just you know trust us for real bro so they they are basically one of the last groups standing, making any effort, real effort towards this, or at least claiming, cla- claiming, claiming. claiming. Yeah, exactly. I think
0: I think Waymo is just as is taciturn in what they promised publicly versus not as they have been. Obviously, Cruz is you know has, it's been announced that Cruz is getting its funding cut significantly. One of Motionals' two big uh, backers has backed out, so another big autonomy team taking a hit. A number of the off-highway OEMs that had autonomy programs have. I think publicly done riffs of yeah. those of those organizations. There are some large teams in that space that have not publicly done some stuff. It seems like we're in a spot where the big companies who raised money at 2021 valuations are now trying to figure out what existence looks like when money is no longer free.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and just a, a minor kind of explanation or expansion here is that. The Waymo vehicle is a truly autonomous vehicle in the limited sense of within their deployment zone, under certain speed, with all these restrictions.
0: I mean, I also believe there's more humans looking at stuff remotely. Every every team that you might have said that about has turned out later to have lots of people looking at things. Lots of people are, so no one no
1: one like, you know, teleop is everyone's, you know, secret significant other. It may maybe. So so yeah. the I might have told the story before, maybe not. When I took a Waymo to work one time, it got stuck waiting behind other cars and nudged itself into a bike lane and got very confused and just kept going back and forth and back and forth and trying to nudge itself out of there and i called the help button and they had to dispatch a road team that would come to me and teleop it in person out of this confusing situation for the vehicle (laughs) and that whole stack just wouldn't make sense if they were actually doing any behind the scenes like wizard ozzing. Yeah. That really felt like a confused machine behavior. Yeah, it could be. Anyway, it, neither here nor there. Like they're they're probably the most serious remaining effort, but they have dumped I, who knows the real number? Well, there's a couple of Tens companies of that now claim to be doing LLMs for self-driving. Right. Which, you know. That'll work great.
0: Yeah. How, how could it not? Yeah. So given that so many people have started to use the word autonomy to mean so many different definitions, uh, a strategy that we started doing in Q4 of last year is like taking our autonomy stack and no longer calling it autonomy. Basically, there's, there's lots of companies who decided that the app for Farmer John was autonomy, and that's their core competency. But, oh, I guess I'll buy a SLAM from someone. Oh, I guess I'll buy obstacle detection from somebody. So a big part of what we did over the last four or five months is say, when we're talking to customers, no longer say that we do autonomy, but we build all these components of which you can turn into something that drives from one point to another. And it turns out that's been rather successful, which is part of why we've been so busy not doing podcasts.
1: Yeah, yeah. The last few weeks post-CS have very much been a whirlwind of new customers and new designs and on-site visits, which has all been very good, but very, very, very busy. But I think so. I think think the thing that we did poorly early on is we didn't define this amorphous blob known as autonomy Mm -hmm. because nobody else was either, realistically. And I think now that we've concretely said this is exactly the things we can and can't do, and here's the things we're working on, that's gained, gained a lot more confidence and that's made the sale process a lot more straightforward.
0: And so, so actually like talking about that a little bit, when we, when we just divide ourselves into modules, a fun thing that we, the, the way that we think about what deserves to be a module and what isn't is basically what parts of autonomy do we do that are individually harder than credit card processing? And, f- and for those of you who, who have never built a website before Stripe, way back when, you had to like petition a bank to give you a merchant account. You had to build a bunch of code to interact with their janky code. So you could safely you know, take credit card numbers and make sure that bank was the right number and do chargebacks and like a major friction point of setting up an e-commerce site was like taking credit cards. Now you can just get that as an API. And pre-Stripe, this this is a moderately hard problem. And it turns out that nearly every problem in robotics is harder than Stripe. (laughs) So we've gone from like, oh, we sell autonomy as a core thing to 45 odd modules that are everything from using your LIDARs for you through creating cost maps, through different kinematic models, through driving tandem trailers, to doing following another vehicle with a, a, a hot modifiable offset and that's 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 been successful for for us from a go-to-market perspective but i think it's also been successful for us when we talk to customers about just how hard autonomy is when we have a list of 45 things each of which are harder than a than
1: a i don't know 40 billion dollar company and and you know just to jump in my my canadian engineeringness i have to put in this disclaimer like obviously we know stripe does more than just process the credit card. nothing like, more important than that though there, there's a Big chunk of their effort to fraud detection and risk management and fund availability and like, yes, that that is a yeah, big. And there's much problem. more to using Stephan- a lidar than yeah, exactly. running the driver. Exactly. S- S- Stefan is just talking about like literally taking the credit card number in a web page and sending it to a bank. That's like that's just the PC stuff. But in
0: about. reality, every part of a robot is harder yeah. than the fifty billion dollar. I just checked the market cap effort that is called Stripe. And part of why the robotics space has struggled so much is like to build a demo, you've had to build fifty-two stripes, yeah, across and, f- nobody, eight and nobody cares,
1: yeah, and nobody appreciates. Us, nobody, right? like, nobody cares that you can drive. Not point not to point. like boohoo, nobody appreciates us, but like if you're not a roboticist, you don't understand how difficult even the most basic thing for Most
0: a most VCs who invest in AI and robotics, who I've met with and explained what we do, have responded, yeah, but don't you
1: get all of that from Ross? Yeah, that's a great response, by the way. I love that response in a lot of ways. Why? Because at least then they know something about the They heard the word Ross once. Yeah, like they know something of the robotics market. They know something exists. It's like when I go to a Chinese restaurant and say, sure, sure, if you know nothing
0: about Chinese, you think, wow, Stefan's fluent in Chinese. If you speak Chinese, you're like, man, that guy's tones are terrible.
1: No, but I mean, I I like it because it gives us a really good comparison to say that the Ross, you could consider it, it is a toolbox, but really... If you look at the way the web has evolved, a lot of the web has moved to open source. Yep. For example, the Apache backend for web hosting. Yep. Right. And saying, Well, isn't that just Ross? is like saying, Well, isn't Square Squarespace just Apache? Like, yeah, sure. Right. Yeah. Like under the hood, yes, yeah, somebody could take Apache and build a web page. How
0: do you actually pronounce it? Are you a- sure it's not Apache?
1: Apache, Apache. Yeah. Apache, sure. I think,
0: I'm pretty sure it's named after the Native American tribe who is incredibly <laughs> warlike. Sure. And cool. And the, and the helicopters that are
1: awesome. Uh, I think it was named after the fact that they had to patch it constantly. And so <laughs> it was a joke that it's Apache web server. <laughs> but but that comparison is pretty apt in that the web didn't really take off from the early nerdy days Yeah, until you started. Like, to I remember companies. in
0: the 90s, like l- like my friend wanting to like play, go on the Internet and you'd be like, yeah, but what is there here? There's, mm-hmm. nothing, there's nothing. Like, what were you we going to do on the Internet?
1: Until you had the, the square spaces and the stripes mm-hmm. and the whoever who made very relatively complex technology a kind of click and go. Yeah. Interface, and that, that's really what we want to do for robotics: is that you click somewhere on the map, and the robot just goes there, mm-hmm. and you don't care about all the giant amount of code under it that and, makes that actually.
0: And work. instead, you start thinking about like, what, sh- where should it go, and why, who wants it to go there, yeah, well, and and how, what's the design language of them telling it to go there?
1: Yeah, how do I attract customers to my webpage with a pretty design and A/B testing and all this stuff for my web store? For fr-
0: frankly, what's a website that anyone wants to go to?
1: Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> all, all the like actual stuff that you actually use to sell to real customers. Rather than like, oh, my web page loads 0.01 percent faster because I spent six months optimizing this <laughs> one function in a And my contact distribution network is on point. Is on point. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. So so we see ourselves that that way in a lot of sense. Yeah. In a lot of ways. In that we really need to take this next step to turn robotics into something that's much more deployable by way less nerdy people.
0: But I think what's neat about the fact that autonomy is no longer in vogue at things like CES is it means the business buffoons like yours truly are no longer promising that every tractor sold by XYZ uh, OEM is going to be fully autonomous by 20XX uh, or 2030X. And now there's a whole bunch of people within these organizations who recognize that this is hard and that the things that need to be core are not point-to-point navigation are not even localization aren't aren't perception but like function and integration and when you and when when an industry starts focusing on function and integration then industry starts being valuable yeah with that being said what
1: are we going to talk about next week slim chance we have a podcast next week Honestly, <laughs> judging both by our historical record and what we our next week looks like. We have visitors and trips
0: uh, for the yeah. next three weeks straight
1: none, none, none of them for shorter than two or three days. So we'll apologize in advance but I will entirely blame Stefan just so you know. And that sounds fair. That being said thanks so much for joining us this week. See you next time.